Hi, and welcome to the Black and White Podcast, where we speak radical grace, raw truth, and real hope in a gray world. I'm your host, Denise Pass, with my co-host, Micah Maddox, and this month we are focusing on aspects of fatherhood. Our scripture is out of James 1, verse 27, the English Standard Version. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. You know, when I read that verse, I can't help but think about when I was in the orphanage in Russia and how hard that was. And to think so many times people don't want to adopt or don't want to do foster care because it is hard. You know, it's messy. But dads are important, you know, and we need them. According to Annie E. Casey Foundation's website, National Kids Count, approximately 35% of children under 18 live in a single-parent home as of 2016. As many as 25% of children in the U.S. live in households with a mother alone. That is over 18 million children who do not live with a father figure. Additionally, father-only households were noted at just 8%. Wow. That is a staggering statistic. I mean, it's really Mm mind-blowing when you think about it. 35%? That -hmm. is so huge. And it makes me realize the need is so great. The need is so, so huge. And I think as Christians, we really have a responsibility to pick up the slack, right? And it's so hard. We look at that number and we think, how could we make a difference, Mm. right? How Mm -hmm. could we make a difference? But I'm learning in my life, and God is teaching me, if you just make a difference for one, then that one can make a difference for another one and another one. And you never know the impact that you could have on just one child. I really believe that we, the church, we believers have a responsibility to fill the gap for these children that are in limbo. Yes, definitely. And, you know, you see mentors and youth group leaders who serve in the church who can really stand in that gap when dad isn't at home. Or maybe fathers can actually help other children who don't have fathers, you know, yeah. part of the church as well. But not everyone is called specifically to foster or adopt. But everyone can do something. Let's let's maybe talk about some of the ways we can support foster and adoptive families. Yeah, you know, when we talk about foster or adopting, sometimes when people are advocate for fostering or for adopting, it can make other people feel like, oh, we must not be doing enough. Like we could we can't right. do that. And you know, I'd be the first one to say fostering and adopting is not for everyone. God doesn't, right? He does not call everyone, but you can you can support. Yes. You can support. So for us and our family, we are a foster family. And one of the ways that people supported us in the beginning was through meals. Mm. And this sounds like maybe a small thing, but it's so huge because the child that we had in our home had some issues with eating. And so the mealtime was an extremely Mm. stressful time for him, and it became a stressful time for our entire family. And it was a retraining of, you know, sorts, and it took a long time to get to a healthy place during mealtime. And so if you can't foster or adopt, 
find a foster or adoptive family and say, hey, let me bring you dinner. And maybe you say cooking dinner is not my gift. <laughs> get <laughs> pizza, get some fried yeah. chicken, anything that just shows up that doesn't have to be cooked, prepared, and that can be tossed in, you know, tossed in the oven. That is a help and an encouragement to the foster and adoptive families. Um, another thing that you can do, I don't know um, if you are aware, but foster children usually are pulled directly from their living space, wherever that is, and taken to their foster home. They literally have the clothes on their back. Mm. Sometimes they may have a trash bag that they were able to throw in a favorite stuffed animal if they have one, a toy, or a few clothes, maybe a diaper. So they come literally with nothing. Mm. And sometimes the things, if they do come with things, those things aren't nice things. And they haven't been taken care of. So one way that we were really supported, a friend of mine ran to the store and she got clothes right away. We had people bring some little toys, his own um, bath towel and bath mm. toys. So just some personal items that you might need. You think that first night they come, there's no jammies, yeah. you know? So pajamas, a little stuffed animal, a blanket. Find out what the needs are in your community, and you can help supply some of those needs. What other things come to mind to you, Denise? Well, I really think that parents need emotional and spiritual support, too, at that time, because like you said, here you brought him into your home and it was just, it was messy. You had meal time where he struggled to eat. I know um, when we adopted, he would hit his head against the wall and scream and all these type things. And you're thinking, again, expectations, oh, this should look a certain way and, and it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And so to have people who can emotionally you know, and spiritually encourage you, you know, um, I think it's huge. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's important that wherever you are, if you are on a foster and adopting or adopting journey, it's really important that you find people who are on the same journey because they get it, right? Mm -hmm. They understand. And like you talked about, you know, a child hitting their head against a wall. Well, a parent with a biological child who doesn't do that may think, what? Yeah. Your child hit his head on the wall? Like, yeah. that's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, that's stuff that doesn't happen in our home. Well, when you're talking about a child from a hard place, that's normal for them, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so we've experienced the same situation with a foster child. And so I totally get it. But as I was sharing some of our experience with people who don't get it, they kind of look at you like, um, that's like bizarre behavior. Right. And you're like, well, in this world, it's not. And so you really have to find people that get it, that understand yes. the journey. Well, you have a clash of cultures in your home. Yeah. And bizarre behavior. Yeah, we got that check marked. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we would feel shame for it because it's mm. like, oh, I've never dealt with this before. You know, we got to cover that up. no. You know, now, not necessarily you go tell everybody about the bizarre behavior. Right. But, you know, I think when there hasn't been a dad, you know, or a mom, you know, in the case of when we adopted my son, um, there were neither parent, mm. you know, there's going to be hurt that manifests itself in their life in some way. And we have to have wisdom from God to know how to deal with that and not be so shocked at the bizarre behavior. Realize we're all fallen. 
we're all sinners. Their sin might look different. You know, maybe we think it's bizarre and they might be looking at us saying, you guys are (laughs) bizarre. (laughs) You know? Yeah, it's so true. You know, when we first got one of our foster children, he was crying all night. Mm, I mean, just crying and crying and crying. And I thought, what have we done? You know? And God spoke some words to me that I I try to remind myself of whenever I get frustrated with any of the crying mm-hmm. now. Yeah. And it was, he has a reason to cry. Mm-hmm. He has a lot of reasons to cry. That's really Because good. he's lost his mama. He's lost his daddy. He's lost his siblings. He's lost everything comfortable that he knew in a moment. Woke up to a new home and a new place. And now here we wonder, why is he crying? <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. Trauma has an expectation with it. You know, I think people want, okay, you now have this. You should be happy. And there's a stigma attached as well. You know, all the, mm-hmm. like we talked about bizarre behavior. But how to handle trauma, I think, is really important for adoptive and foster parent families, you know, to have yeah. grace. Yeah. And to try to think about, like you said, what have they come from? What would that be like? And compassion. Yeah, you really have to, as well as you can, think through the possibilities of what could potentially be driving the behavior. So, you know, the discipline becomes a little bit more complicated when you're talking about Mm -hmm. a child who comes from a hard place. Because now all of a sudden I'm thinking, okay, is this just a normal two-year-old's behavior or is this trauma-based behavior? And so Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, I've got to find this you know, balance of here's the healthy boundaries that we're going to set and here's what's allowed in this home, but it's covered with so much love and grace that that child knows that they're secure, right? Amen. It's really a difficult, difficult thing. So realize that the foster and adoptive families have some real needs. They have Mm -hmm. spiritual needs. They have emotional needs. The emotional needs are beyond. I tell people all the time, um, foster care tapped into emotions I didn't even know I had. Yes. Totally a whole new emotional level because these children's loss they've experienced, the potential trauma that they've experienced, the attachment issues that they deal with because they've been detached from everything they know, and now we expect them to attach to us, and that might be a struggle, and it might not happen very fast. Right. <laughs> might be a long journey. Um, the other issues that you have is, you know, with a child that comes young, when do you share their story with them? How open do you be? You know, I've heard different ways that people handle it. They tell them everything from the very beginning. And then I've heard people who hold back their story till they're older and try to share it then. And there's pros and cons to both. And it's just a really complicated situation. Definitely. I know we always were very open and celebrated the fact that our son was chosen, you know, by God for us to go radically across the, the across the sea over to Russia to, in a very uncomfortable situation because we loved him and God chose him for us. And so we really celebrate that, but we also don't rub it in every day because he's part of us now. And so I think there is wisdom in just remembering, look, this is where God called you from, and this is how you came to be a part of our family. But I don't want to say every day, you're adopted, you're adopted. (laughs) That probably wouldn't be the best way. (laughs) Right. I love that. Celebrate that he was chosen. Mm -hmm. God chose him specifically for your family. And I believe for such a time as this, you know, every child, there is a purpose and there's a reason. And 
you know, I I hope I don't sound too um, harsh and too firm today, but I really want to encourage the one who's listening that thinks they can't do it. You can mm. do this. Mm-hmm. You can. If God is nudging your heart and calling you to do this, if you're afraid of the loss, afraid of fostering and giving a child back, or if you're afraid of getting attached and your heart would be broken, think of the child yes. more than yourself. And I promise once that child enters your home you will be able to do it because God gives you that grace God gives you what you need each step of the way to be able to make it through each situation you know how can you get involved if you can't foster and you can't adopt you can reach out to your local church and find out if they have a ministry already established. Our church, Spotswood Baptist Church, has a ministry called Interwoven, and it's for foster and adoptive families. It meets on Wednesday nights at 645, and it's just a wonderful time of support and education, really, about foster care and adoption. You can also contact your local social services and see what the volunteer opportunities are there. But I really think the best way is to get into your community and find the foster and adoptive families and ask them what you can do to help. Is it a meal? Is it a time where you can take the kids so that they can go out on a date? Is it just prayer support and say, hey, I don't get it. And the bizarre behaviors, I don't know what you're experiencing (laughs) behind closed doors, but I want to understand. You know, sometimes just someone who's interested and willing to look into it. We get looks out in public because Mm -hmm. our child is Mm African-American, right? And we have light skin and he has dark skin. So we look very different. And anywhere we go in our community, people turn heads. Yeah. And I think, you know what? It's okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay if they turn heads because it doesn't matter the color of the skin, but it's the content of the heart, right? It's character of the heart, like Martin Luther Jr. Martin Luther King Jr. says... What can you do to make a difference today? What can you do to make a difference in the life of a foster or adoptive family? You've been listening to the Black and White Podcast, where we filter life through the Bible and live life in the freedom of truth.